0: Welcome to episode three, part two of the conversation with Barbara Spencer Johnson, my dear friend, artist, prayer warrior. If you did not get to hear part one, episode two of the Women of Armor podcast, I really encourage you to. It was so moving. Barbara is sharing some of the deepest moments that she's had with Jesus and with God um, from the standpoint of of the heart of a woman, And what we found is that it really touched people kind of all over the world. I was really shocked. A lot of people shared her episode because of the fact that she was so authentic and she speaks with such a spiritual grit and wisdom. It's beautiful. It's invigorating. It's inspiring. So we continued the conversation for episode three and I talk a lot less. This episode, I really just kind of narrate Barbara's conversation I share some things with her and and ask some questions, but I really just let that Barbara wisdom roll. Be prepared to hear the Spirit of God some more through my dear friend. We're walking in Ephesians 6, the whole armor of God. Now, the first thing Barbara talks about is a spiritual explosion. This is such a cool concept, and there's a lot of layers to it. She discusses a healing miracle, and we open coming off of a conversation we were having about prayer and fasting. So, in the middle of the night uh, last week, just a few days before this conversation with Barbara, I felt the Holy Spirit wake me up. I was really startled and I was compelled to start praying. I had no idea what I was praying for. So I called another spiritual sister, and this is like one o'clock in the morning, and I said, sister, I have no idea what we're praying for, but we gotta pray. So we start praying, and it turns into this whole thing where scripture is being revealed, and we're going over it, we can't figure out what it is, and we realize we're not supposed to know. We're just supposed to be standing in a spiritual obedience together, as sisters in Christ. So we do that. I had come off of a fast that I felt the Lord had told me to do. Now, this was my first real fast. Let me explain. Before this, I had fasted, right? And I'm going to fast, and I'm going to fast for this, or I'm going to fast for that. But in Christendom, the way we think of fasting can be really wrong sometimes. I didn't have it right. A lot of people do. So I just asked the Lord, I said, how do you want me to fast? What's the purpose of this? And I felt the Holy Spirit explain to me that the fasting was just to put me in a posture of prayer more, to bring me closer to the Lord, and just to do something out of obedience. What happened because of this fast blew my mind. It really was a gift to me, and it got me so much closer to God. And then, in the middle of the night, the Lord woke us up and had us praying for whatever it might have been. It was two days later that the revelation occurred to us of why God had had us praying, and we knew it. We knew it right away. I mean, it was clear as day what he was telling us. Now you know why you prayed. So I'm sharing this with Barbara because she's also had these experiences. They're beautiful. They're humbling. And I I really believe that more and more of us are going to be called to this kind of posture. It is an incredible lifestyle. So she hits on that. We open with that. And then she moves into spiritual explosion absolute physical devastation and a healing miracle
1: um yeah i was just listening to you and as i was listening to you my eyes were closed and i'm just thinking like you know waking up at 11 52 at night and being obedient and, and then making a phone call and then praying and watching how things miraculously happen within 24 hours. That's just where we are. Um, Things are moving faster than they ever have. Um, The times are going by, you know, you wake up and it's Sunday and then you wake up again, it's Sunday again. Um, The weeks are, are like emerging Into the months and the months and the years. And so things are moving faster. I remember when I was a little girl, you know, my grandmother used to say, you know, you're slower than Christmas. Well, Christmas is faster than it's ever been. You know, it was just the 4th of July and Christmas is like right around the corner. So things are moving at an alarming rate. And to be a part of that and to be in the kingdom of God and to watch his works is such a blessing and to not only watch them, but to feel them and to seriously understand and know that if you're in it and it has um, your story wrapped up in it, there's always a message in the message. There's always, it's never about what's actually happening at the time, even though you think it is, it's about the message that's within what's happening. And for me, one of the things that um, I wanted to share was actually about two years ago, actually two years, yeah just shy of two years uh, august twenty seventh exactly for me two thousand and nineteen i was um, I was at a place i was I was working you know with a young man, and we were rehabilitating a, a house, rehabbing a house and cleaning out this house and for some reason he had this bright storm idea of burning the debris in the backyard and this is a house that's like only the there was only the this one house was the only one on the block and so there was no danger of burning down anything around us and i i go okay yeah let's let's do it but now all along when he's saying this god is speaking to me and saying no this is not a good idea Right. I hear the voice of God. But I can't really tell him that it's not a good idea because he's so gung ho. So I, I go with it. Anyway, he lights the debris. And when he lights the debris, there's something explosive inside of all of this debris. And it exploded. And when it exploded, it exploded on me. So. I took off to run to get away from the explosion. And as I ran, my foot got caught in some divot of the ground. And my leg, literally, it, it, it broke and went into like a, a seven. That's all I can explain it. Um, and as I lay there, I thought, oh, God, you have really messed up this time. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. And the pain was excruciating. Well, as it turned out, I ended up, well, let me back up. The fire, let me even back up even further. When this happened, when the fire exploded, I truly felt the hand of God push me away from the fire. I felt it. And my my shoes were melted from the fire The pants I had on were singed from the fire, but not one part of my body was burned, um, which is a miracle within itself. Well, as time went on, I ended up uh, breaking my leg, tearing all of the muscles. The muscle on the side of my leg rolled all the way up on my thigh. So everything tore and detached itself so badly until they wanted to amputate my leg. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. I I just believe God is going to heal me. I just, I just kept believing that. And I guess that's the faith that you were talking about. I just believed. Well, as time went on, the leg ended up, um, it it was a mess. Uh, I ended up getting blood clots in my legs that later traveled to my lungs. So now I'm in the hospital because I have blood clots in my lungs. And even that story, when I went to go see my doctor after going to emergency, um, he said, Your leg is really, really swollen. Um, but, you know, I'm going to send you home and you, you should be fine. Call the surgeon and let's see what happens. Well, as, as my husband and I are walking out, the doctor runs to the car. He doesn't even have the nurse come out. He runs to the car because we're going home. And he said, You know, I don't feel good sending you home. I want you to go to emergency and I want you to tell the emergency that the at, once you get there, that you're having trouble breathing. And I go, but I'm not. He said, I need you to tell them that so that they can do an MRI or find out, you know, if you have blood clots. So we do. And sure enough, I had blood clots. I had three blood clots in my lungs. Had I gone home that night, I could have died. I could have died from, the explosion. So now I'm thinking, okay, God is really up to something and saved in my life. I could have died from the explosion um, because there was debris everywhere. There was glass everywhere. I could have hit my head. So many things could have happened. And not only that, but the lungs and the blood clots. So I get through that. And <laughs> when I finally do get home, they want to do surgery if I'm not going to have my leg amputated, but they can't because I have a blood clots. And so we go on the blood thinners and and for three months, I can't basically do anything. I can't walk. I can't uh, work. I can't, I'm just in it. And so there's a story also, also in that where I had to really take time to look at my life because now I can't move. And, you know, Jenny, I'm always moving. And so, um, we get through that, and because I have to wait for the blood clots to clear, I can't have the surgery. Okay, that's fine. So finally, the blood clots clear up. It's time to go and do the surgery. Um, all along, I'm praying, and I have so many other people praying about my leg and you know, healing and all of that. The doctors, when they finally do get ready to do the surgery, they've prepared my family, my friends that this is going to be an eight hour surgery and they're going to have to go in and place all these ligaments and try. They have pig skins that they're putting in grafts and all of this to rebuild my leg back up. Do you know that when they went in to open up my leg within 30 minutes, the surgery was done because the the three months that it took for me to get the blood clots out, God was miraculously working it and everything in my leg healed and fused back together. The scar tissue caused it to, to heal back together. So I literally just have a little dot on my knee where they were going to cut my leg literally from the top of my thigh down to my ankle. That's God. When they came out 30 minutes later, my family was like, oh, my God, what's happened? And they were like, we, we don't know what happened her leg is basically healed back together. And so we're just going to go in and clean up a little scar tissue and we're going to send her on. Well, as time went on, you know, I, I got better and better and better, but my leg, my foot now, um, I'm partially paralyzed. I have a, a dropped foot. I just called it my Jesus limb <laughs> because I can walk and I could not walk. And so, I tell that story because there's so many other uh, caveats and nuances in there, but the the whole gist of it is one, having faith and believing that no matter where you are and what you are, that God will prevail, even if it's not how you think it's going to be. Now, I call it my beautiful problem because it was the most beautiful thing that could have happened to me. It didn't seem like it at the time, but it caused me to slow completely down and take a look at my life because oftentimes we're so busy ripping and running until you don't get to experience life and shortly after that that was late 2019 then the pandemic happened and so everything slowed down and even even in that I had prayed and asked God I said Lord slow it down for me Because even though I had savings saved up, the months had gone by so fast until everything was was gone. And so now I don't have income coming in from my business. Sure, my husband is working, but we worked together to try to make the household go. And shortly after that prayer, (laughs) the whole world shut down because the pandemic came and so i was able to call and make arrangements and credit cards and all that stuff that i had going on and everything slowed completely down and i was like wow god look at you working just for me <laughs> so it it everything changed when i say everything changed my life slowed down i was able to look at my family look at where my children needed me, where I needed to be more present, and I wasn't. I was able to look at my relationship with God and, and, and how he had blessed me and how he put certain people around me to help me get to the next level. It humbled me on a level that I can't even explain. Um, I was never a really vain person, but I liked to wear heels and this, that, and the other, and all of that had gone away. And then it allowed me to to see myself, even though I was broken, I was still whole. And I had to find the wholeness, As, as I said to you earlier, it was almost like I was a huge rock and I was being chiseled away. And inside was this gem that God already saw, but I had to see. And that I was not being defined by what I looked like or how I walked but I was being defined by my spirit and being defined by the love of God that was on the inside of me. And I cannot say that I always had that definition of who I was. And now there's a, a true awareness when the Bible speaks of greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. I truly understood what that scripture meant. And so now I am, Um, healed and hold and yeah I still have a limp but I don't walk like what I've been through and that's just you know Jenny that's just one of many stories of course you know people thought because I'm an artist and I do what I do that I fell off of a ladder and I was like no, nothing for me is ever that simple. I was actually in an explosion. <laughs> so, and not only was I in a physical e- explosion, but I was in a spiritual explosion as well. And so, it's my belief that the things that happen on this rim and the physical, if you look at it on the physical rim, it also is happening on the spiritual rim. God was rebuilding me literally from the ground up. And my walk was not just my physical walk, but my walk changed with him. It got stronger. And all of my relationships got stronger. And the ones that didn't serve me, they fell by the wayside. And so that even, all of that even led us to where we are now with this podcast. Me talking to you about different things that we've experienced and the things that I've experienced and you've experienced. And so to bring it to the forefront and to be able to see it from a spiritual eye versus a physical eye is nothing short of the grace of God.
0: So the next thing I asked Barbara was about how all of these things that she shared with us through both conversations, really a lot of these experiences she shared are the tip of the iceberg. But how all of this has impacted her with the heart of a woman. She talks about being a spiritual being, doing a human experience, completely planned out, saved and orchestrated by God. How our physical can impact our spiritual. But how if we yield to the Holy Spirit, our spiritual guides our physical. The love of God showing up in humanity and a beautiful encounter with a stranger.
1: I, I think as, as a woman, understanding and realizing that every single thing, because we're actually spirit beings getting around in a physical realm, right? Even though the world has changed it around to think that you're, it's all physical, and then you just have these spiritual encounters. But if you look at your physical life, it will dictate your spiritual journey. So what do I mean by that? If you are, right now I'm in the process of remodeling my house. And I'm literally tearing the floors out and doing the countertops, painting cabinets, you know, pulling out things and throwing away things that no longer serve me. But I'm also in the process of doing that spiritually. So it dictates where you are. If everything is in order, then spiritually you're pretty much in order. And 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 I realized that you don't just wake up and can't get out of bed. There are all these signs that come along with that. You know, it's it's the order in which things are being done. You don't just wake up and your house is a mess. Usually if your house is a mess, your car is a mess. You know, everything around you is usually a mess. And so you have to start pulling it apart step by step. You don't just wake up and have a mountain of clothes that you got to wash. You know, it starts with the jogging suit and the, and the pants. And then that pile just gets bigger and bigger, but it's also that way spiritually, you know, so God is speaking to you to do certain things and to clean up certain things and to repent on certain things and to add forgiveness to your life and all of these things that, that pile up and it shows up in the physical realm. So When you talk about when I mentioned the spiritual explosion, when that explosion happened, there was nothing that I could hide from. It was all being revealed to me right there. And because I couldn't move, I had to sit on my sofa literally, literally and figuratively um, or in bed and look at my life in its complete totality, the the whole thing, you know, things that I've said to people or things that I'd done to other people or things that were done to me. I had to really, really look at how I drew all of that. And I realized that if you're in a low place, then the people that occupy you are going to be low places, low faces, bring low places. And I had to start cleaning out just like I had to declutter and get rid of the old floors in my house. I had to get rid of old things that didn't serve me. Unforgiveness. That was huge. Well, she did this to me and she said this and okay, well, that's just that. No, 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 no. I mean, I had to, God was just ripping me apart literally layer by layer as if I were like an onion. And I didn't think that I was operating that way, Jenny. You know, I, I I didn't think I was. But I was harboring some things that I had to let go and rebuild uh, certain relationships and certain things that I had to just look at in its entirety. And so spiritually, that's what it looks like for me as a woman. I had to forgive myself for the disobedience. Because when I looked at my leg, I was like, now look at you. You deserve this. You weren't this, and you didn't do this, and you didn't do that. But God showed me, no, 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 no. No, no. You're still mine. I love you, and I'm going to restore you. Not only am I going to restore your leg, but I'm going to restore your life. And so that's what it looks like for me, I can't speak for everyone else, but I realized that nothing is by happenstance. Everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. Everything is always in divine order. And once you're under the umbrella of God, you, you recognize that. And so I, I, I relish in it in every single way. Now, my mission, my only mission is to show up and make things better because I'm in the presence of it. I don't care where it is. If I can't make it better because I'm there, then I don't need to be there. And I didn't. I can't say that I always operated that way. But since this has happened to me and so many other things, that's how I move. So when I'm in that space or in that place, I listen to the assignment of God. I, I just do. I th- the other day I was at the gas station, and um, you know I live in Detroit, and so sometimes I go different places to get gas because it's less expensive because gas is ridiculous now. But I was um, in an undesirable place um, getting gas because it was probably twenty cents cheaper than where where I was, but that's another story. And there was a young lady that was standing outside. Looking inside of the gas station. And I saw her. Uh, and because I'm, you know, trying to protect myself, I'm looking at her like, what is she looking for? What, is she, what does she keep looking inside this gas station for? And I got my gas and then looked down at my phone. And the next minute, this woman was gone. And so as I pulled out, I looked on the side and she was sitting on the side of the gas station eating out of the trash can. So what she was looking for, because I guess at a certain time they get rid of food and they put it in this container and she went on the side of the container to get this food to eat. And as I drove away, I heard the spirit of God speak to me so loudly, go back and talk to her and tell her that I love her. So I go back around the corner and I get out of the car and I ask her her name and, um, and I tell her what God tells me and you know, I give her some money so she can get something to eat. And I cannot say to you that had I not had the experiences that I've had, that I would have done that because I would have been too scared to do that. But I didn't have any fear. And I looked at her and I said, you know, she gave me her name. And I really looked at her instead of looking at, her looking at the window and she looks like she was homeless. I looked at her face and I looked in her eyes and she was beautiful. And I said, you know, what is your name? And she told me and I said, you have children. And she said, yes. I said, where are your children? And we were like having a conversation. And she, as I walked away from her, she said to me, did you eat today? And I turned around and I looked at her and I like tears welled up. And I said, I did. She said, what a blessing. So I can't even tell you what that did to me because we take so many things for granted that you can, you know, eat whatever you want to eat and go where you want to go and lay on a comfortable bed with warm covers or whatever. You can hit the button and turn on the air conditioning. If you're cold, if you're hot or the heat, if you're cold, but this woman was outside and she asked me, had I eaten today? You know what I mean? So the blessing, I thought I was being a blessing to her, but she was really being a blessing to me for me to remember where God has brought me from and how he has kept me and not only me, but my family, my children. And I came home, I told my daughter every single thing you have to be grateful for. Even when it seems like it's the worst thing ever. My grandmother used to say your worst day ever is someone else's best day yet. And so once you remember that, you stay in gratitude. And so no matter what happens to you, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. No matter what it is, I don't care what it is, it's happening for you to be a blessing for someone else. And I know I went up the street, down the block, around the corner, but that's it, where you just show up. And if you can wake up and have another day, we all get another chance to get it right. And it's a spiritual thing. It's a connection with the Almighty to be able to say um, certain things to people, to uplift them. that has been my mission, to uplift people and to be a blessing. If I can't be a blessing, I won't be a curse. I walk away. And that, it, that all came as a result of my leg. Now, that was already in me, but God chiseled away at it where I could really see that it was purposely designed for me to be who I am. And so I no longer am um, wondering why I'm the way I am. Because I used to wonder that, like, why do I feel so deeply about things? And other people can just go to sleep and never even think about it because that's what he placed inside of me. And as a result of my leg happening, that was the the spiritual explosion and walking purposely in what he wants me to do, whatever that is.
0: So next, Barbara talks about really how we have to be Jesus wherever we are, you know, and... I haven't always been good at that. I'm not great at it now. Getting better, more aware, and the Lord's done a work in my heart, so I'm different than I once was. But everyone's walk is different, and we're under a lot of division right now. There's a lot going on that's very confusing. Some very personal attacks to lots of people on both sides of all political world and religious aisles. But Christians are under attack. And the reality is that division among us is not okay. We have to be able to love each other and come together. You know, God says, Love me above all else and love. That's really it. So Barbara talks about that. And, you know, we're in this great harvest where God is pouring out his spirit. It's incredible. So showing up as part of that spirit, what an honor.
1: You know, the pink highlighter and the, the yellow highlighter, and you, you know, your book is not, the Bible's not all lined up, and, and you don't have your Jesus pen, and what would Jesus do, and all of this, that you're not as spiritual as someone else, right? But oftentimes you got to meet people where they are. When I was talking to that woman, I couldn't just come to her and just quote all these scriptures because she couldn't hear that. But she could hear, Jesus loves you. God loves you. God loves you so much until he had me come back to tell you that. And her eyes lit up, right? But I couldn't grab the Bible and hit her over the head with it and just, you know, give her all these scriptures because that's not where she was. But just the fact that she could hear that Jesus loves her. And I don't even know if she's heard, I love you in a long time. I don't know, but I do know that those, just those simple words gave her a glimmer in her eye. And I think that if we can do that, I mean, I didn't walk up to her and say, are you vaccinated? Or I'm I, we didn't go there. I literally met her on a, on a human level with spirits connected. And that's the love of God. This division is demonic. It is on so many levels. But that's not what God wants us to do. And and there's so many devices on how to divide. I mean, there are homes that are divided right now. You know, families that are being torn apart. Um, Relationships that are being torn apart. But there are also relationships that are being restored. And families that are being restored. And, And so it's just a matter of you, you, people, us, we, Accountable to the Almighty and allowing him to work in us however he chooses. Like you said, we're not in a church. We're not um, before the throne of God in a church, but we are before the throne of God wherever we are, wherever we are. And I think that's important to remember and to understand, not just remember it, but to know it.
0: So as we start to wrap up, Barbara does mention another revelation she had, and this came out of her spiritual explosion from her leg injury. She talks a little bit about hearing the voice of God, the paradox, slowing down to speed up.
1: Yeah, because I learned that um, in order to go fast, you need to slow down. That's what I learned. The fastest way to get there is to slow down to get there. Whatever, wherever there there is, because when you slow down, you can see how God is ordering your steps. But because I was so busy ripping and running, like you said, and trying to do it on my own, even though I was okay, Lord, show me where I need to go. Okay, I'm praying about this. And I'm praying. About, okay, I gotta, go, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. And I and when I couldn't go, all the blessings came when I when I went slow, and that and that's really God. When I couldn't go, all the blessings came when I went slow. And that, yeah, that's the revelation. And going slow allows you to speak slower. It it allows you to seek slower. So you can see what's for you and how he wants to use that. You know, I always say... Um, the best way to love me is to watch how I love, right? And, but that's what God, that's what God
0: says,
1: (laughs) you know, just, just love like I love. And, and, and it it becomes real simple. We just make it so difficult. My father used to say that all the time. He's like, life is just real simple. You just dig around in it too much. And so you're going to always find these, these things that you now have to deal with. Um, But it's really true. It gets real simple. Just love like I love. But if you don't have that love within yourself, it's impossible to do. So you'll find it in other things that you think will serve you, but they won't. They won't. It's very short-lived. You know, you'll find it in money or you'll find it in um, other people. And it, it it won't it won't ever serve you. It'll be very short lived. And so that's the, the greatest gift. And I think Whitney Houston used to say the greatest gift of love, you know, of all is is learning to love yourself. But that's the love of God. So once you do that, then it, it frees you. It frees you and it allows you to to operate on a whole different level. And you talked about something about um you know, picking up certain things. I I realize and I understand that if you're struggling with certain things and God delivers you, when those things present themselves again, and they will, if you get it on Monday and you drop it on Tuesday, then the lesson is complete. But if you get it on Monday and it's 52 Mondays later and you're still in it, then you you got some work to do. You got some work to do and and you can only work through that through the Holy Spirit. But that, that, that shows up in different ways for different people. It it becomes that you have to become aware of your life. And I speak on that because I I can honestly say that I wasn't always that person because everything was outside of me, you know, and when you start to take accountability for your life and connect with God, then you can see things so clearly.
0: We have this saying that we saw on a on a meme once or something and you know it says shout out to the girls doing more than just upkeep on their hair and their nails but upkeep on their on their minds and their souls too. I definitely do some upkeep on myself. But there's a holiness in taking care of your mind, your heart and your soul. It's like, you know, all making it come together. But it takes some love and and knowing who we are. I used to think self-love was like this thing I had to discover or understand. And I'd hear people say, well, you have to love yourself first. And I'm going, okay, that sounds ridiculous. Honestly, there's way too much about myself. I don't like to do that. But when I realized I was actually a spirit child of our Heavenly Father who created every single thing in the universe, how could I not be okay?
1: About manicures and pedicures.
0: Oh, I, I, you know, I got a
1: mani today. I got a pedi or got a massage. Says, yeah, I love myself. No, I'm talking about how you really treat yourself because it, the stem of it, the, the basis of it comes from the love of self and the love of God that's within self. And once you get to that point, then it's easy to move in love. It really, really is. And that's when the offenses fall apart. You know, they fall away. Because you realize that the other person that is offending you, if that's possible, is operating on another level. You know, they're, they're, that, that old saying, hurt people hurt people. Well, that's, that's because the, the, they don't have the love for themselves. But more importantly, do you have it for yourself?
0: So we have once again covered a lot of ground. How does all of this come together? I asked Barbara that question. Let's see what she had to say.
1: I wouldn't just say women. You know, I would just say people. But as it pertains to women, I think that, as I said before, when we had a conversation, that women are nurturers and by nature. That's what God innately put into us. And so if we're not careful, we'll give everything away. We'll give it away to other people. And then you look up and you're completely empty. And it shows up, that emptiness shows up in the grasp of of relationships with other people. It shows up in eating disorders, um, eating too much, eating too little. It shows up in gambling. It shows up in sex it shows up in drugs, it shows up in uh, mental illness. It shows up in all of these different ways that don't serve you, but you don't know it. It's like you become the children of the wilderness where you just roam around and just walking around 40 days and 40 nights and 40 years and you know 40 months or whatever it is, and there's always this emptiness. But when you have the spiritual grit that you called it. And I like that it grounds you and it allows you to move purposely. Not, I used to say, well, you know, Lord, I, I planted this seed in this person's life and I gave this and I gave this. And he's, he would always say to me, but you did that. I didn't orchestrate that. And so it's like taking a seed and planting it on cement and it blows away. But when you when you literally solidify yourself in the spiritual grit of God, then the seeds that you plant, you'll see them harvest. You'll see the growth from it. But you got to get all the stuff out of the way. And it's my belief for women that when we plant seeds because we're the teachers, we are the teachers, all right? you know if you look at your family and you look at your children and friends or whatever, we teach people how to move. but how can you be the teacher when you haven't actually been orchestrated by the Almighty on what to teach? And so that's why it's so important for us, particularly women, to ground yourself spiritually so that you can be the teachers and be the nurturers that God has designed us to be. But more importantly, be the nurturer of self, be the guider of self. And you can only know how to do that by having the, the, the person, the, the, the person, the spirit of God guide you and direct you. You know, it's like, it's like buying a new car, right? And you get the the whole um, the book that we never read <laughs> on how to operate this car. And so you have all these features that actually will help you that you're paying for, but you don't even use them. That's what God is. That's the spiritual grit that we need. We need to be able to hold on to Him so that we can operate in this thing called life the way he's designed us to do it. And that seed that he's planted in us will allow us to be able to kind of reach out. It's almost like a, a rippling effect that happens as women. It allows us to reach our children and it allows us to reach our friends and family and it just keeps spreading. But the same happens in the opposite way as well. You know, it's like taking a positive and a negative and putting it together. There are things that will happen to you in your life that are absolutely negative, but it's how you look at it. And if you're, not, if you're not connected to God to be able to show you how to find the positive, you'll run down that rabbit hole, which goes back to all of those things that I talked about. You know, you think that it's a material possessions and it's not. It's nice to have wonderful things as long as they don't have you because what happens once they leave? And they will leave. They will leave, even if you have it. You got the big, beautiful house, the wonderful car, the, the uh, you know beautiful credenzas and all of that. But at the end of the day, what do you really have? What defines you? And, and the definition has to come from God. And a woman asked me that one day, she said, who are you? And I go, Oh, I, I'm love. She's like, no, 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 no. Who are you really? And as I was working in her beautiful home, that question came and it resonated in my spirit. It really, really resonated. Who are you? The Bible speaks about that when, with, with God. When they said, well, You know, Lord, they're saying you're this and you're that. But he says, well, who do you say I am? And the question becomes, who are you? Who are you when things fall apart? You know, when the baby dies, um, when the job is no longer there, when the husband you've devoted your entire life to, you know, has suddenly left you. You know, who are you? So all of those things that you have or the people you thought you have and the things that you're doing, the devices that you thought sustained you, they won't. They won't. But God, he is the sustainer and that's where the grit comes. Now, while you're trying to hold on, you're going to slip. But it's, it's imperative that you put your Nikes on so that you can tread the, the trails that are cause you to slip. I'm saying that because I have these cute little Nike gym shoes on. Um, so that's I think that that's why it's imperative to spiritually ground yourself as women.
0: Another powerful conversation with Barbara Johnson. In signing off, she gives a really cool analogy about how telling her testimonies of God's work in her life has been able to allow her to even see herself better as God loves her, which I think is so cool because the Bible does tell us that we are to share the gospel of the kingdom of God everywhere. And that so often comes in the form of what God has done in our very own lives.
1: Thank you so much. This is um, um, life-changing It really is. And, and so sometimes, you know, it's like I said to you before, when you're inside the jar, you can't see the label on the outside, you know, so people are reading the label, but if you're on the inside of it, you can't really see, you know, you're just inside the jar. And so being able to talk with you on your podcast and give stories that have not stories, but give my life and talk about my life and how God has moved me is life-changing for me. It, It still allows me to be able to see God's grace when I tell the story, you know? So thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for episode three on the Women of Armor podcast. As always, we have one goal, and that is to bring you the good news. We are 100% on your team. Walking in Ephesians 6, the whole armor of God. This is Women of Armor.